You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, not too bad. And yourself? Good, good. It has been a good week here, a good month here. It's been a long time since we've talked to you. We're sorry that uh, we had some problems, and we promise to never leave you again. Uh, we we had some tough... Tef- Until we do. Yeah, exactly. We had some technical difficulties with the uh, the board here, and then I went on vacation, and the board got fixed. I came back from vacation, so we are now uh, ready to aimlessly talk about things like we, we were before. Or did any of that actually happen? Mixergate. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. That's a clue. My Lenovo Advantage is doing something. Uh, anyway, so as always, we will start out with the the IMDb game. Mike, I don't know if you have actually seen this movie or not, but I feel like this is the type of movie that you've seen, and I think you've seen this. I don't know. We'll, uh, we will determine it uh, as, as we go on, but I haven't seen the movie, so <laughs> this will be fun. Oh my God, Fair Lenovo, enough. stop. That's my computer, just so if you guys are looking around and saying, like, what's my computer doing? It's not yours. It's it's, it's my computer. Uh, okay, so this is under sex and nudity. Uh, a woman uh, changes her shirt, but she covers her chest, and no nudity is visible. Somehow that's sex and nudity. Point break. <clears throat> nope. Uh, let's see. Around the... <laughs> this is also sex and nudity. I love this. Around the 42 to 43 minute mark, a woman comes out of uh, a cake and takes her top off, showing her breasts. When she pops out of the cake, she is seen from behind, wearing a very revealing thong and shaking her buttocks. The scene... I think we've already done this one, because this is obviously under siege. Oh, damn it, it <laughs> Did we do it? I don't remember doing this one. I don't know, but I I know that scene. Like I know the well, <laughs> my hands, my own hands. <laughs> Not the back though, the the front. Yep. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. How dare you? <laughs> have you never seen Under Siege Two: Dark Territory? No, I have not seen that either. You actually don't need to watch the first one in order to get the second one. Oh, that's surprising. I would think that the the plot points of the is he is he a, he's a cook, right? Uh, he's a he's a Navy SEAL who's undercover as a cook. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it more plausible, I guess. That's the twist part. <laughs> However, in the movie Sudden Death, uh, Van Damme is like a cop or something, mm-hmm. and he goes in and plays goalie. <laughs> Sudden Death. Uh, Game, you know, for the Stanley Cup, it's like Game Seven, oh my sudden God. death, and he uh, he manages to block uh, way more shots than you would think. Yeah, that's that's very well. He's got that he's got that gymnastic style, like you know, martial arts training, I guess. 
any Belfour kind of, you know, athleticism. Yeah, exactly. Although, oddly enough, uh, this week uh, there was, I, I can't remember what team it was for. It might have been the Hurricanes. Like a guy who was a Gazamboni driver got called in to uh, be the goalie. Yeah. Yeah, emergency goalie. I read that story. It was really, that, that happens pretty frequently in uh, hockey, which is kind of hilarious because I can't think of any other sport that they would call it an emergency player for. Right. Yep. We need a fullback. <laughs> you know that guy who uh, who refills the Gatorade? <laughs> yeah. Speaking and, of, and now he's dead. Speaking of speaking of goalies, I uh, I saw uh, Goldberg uh, from the Mighty Ducks. Uh, I think he's taking this uh, this weight loss too, <laughs> too seriously. Were you looking down at him with a fiver in your hand? <laughs> Is this coworker Adam Egit? Because uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't see him on your vacation. Exactly, he's got some problems going on here. He's got a lot of problems. Yeah. But you he know, looks like he changed like his ethnicity. That's how <laughs> fucked up he is on drugs. <laughs> he really does. He really does. It looks like he changed his entire DNA structure. Yes, you gotta be on something to change the genes. Oh my god. I don't know how he found the strain of meth that adds a chromosome, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, it's uh, it's a sad story, and I guess he won't be 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 back for the the Mighty Ducks reboot that's happening with uh, somehow Emilio Estevez doesn't have anything going on, so he's gonna be part of it. He's still waiting for that call for Young Guns three, right? <laughs> or uh, they play the parents of the Young Guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> youngest, yeah, oh, yeah. youngest guns, the youngest guns. Oh, nice, Pat. <laughs> That one. It's just, uh, it's just their like five year old uh, grandchildren uh, in the backyard playing with uh, with toy guns. And then no, someone, no, that's not how this works. So it's, a, it's a, now Hillary Swank is Billy the Kid. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Speaking of a uh, parents' guy game, uh, this is going to be a very odd one because. Um, this is the first time I've seen this. There are no clues whatsoever, and I know for a fact you've seen this movie. Like, not one clue. Not, not a one. Okay, so I am going to say... However, there's this little tidbit. Rated R for language and sexual humor. Rated R for that. No nudity. Language and sexual humor. Wow. Rated R for language and sexual humor. No nudity in the movie. Nothing in the IMDb, so it's probably somewhat uh, obscure, I'm guessing. It's really not that obscure. Um, Here's a Kent. Uh, The rating in Canada is a 14A. Uh, Is it Yoga Hosers? (laughs) No. No, that's like an NC-17 because nobody should see that movie. (laughs) Oh, is there a lot of sex? No, we just really want to make as few people watch this as possible. Um, let's see, Canada, fourteen A. So that sounds <laughs> that sounds like um, Johnny Dangerously. I don't know. No, it's out. Although that's a good one. We keep forgetting to do that one. All right, yeah, let me give you some uh, some hints from what I know of this movie, okay. which I have seen, and I I, I do uh, I do enjoy the movie. Um, the uh, there's a subplot in this movie of a. Uh, a member of a band who's suffering through some mental health issues. Oh, uh, member of a band 
suffering from mental health issues. Um, hmm. Is it, uh, I don't know, Wayne's World? No. Well, this is not a musical. There is a sequence that is entirely uh, in not like hallucinogenic dream or anything like that. It's just like a straight up musical. Like there's like a song and like people, you know, chime in on the song who shouldn't know the words and that sort of thing. It just spontaneously happens like in the middle of the movie. Mm. Not another teen movie? No, but that is very bad. Yeah. Uh, this movie is based off of another property and has cameos from characters from that other property. Okay, so I'm guessing it's a parody. Um, hmm. A parody you like. So that's, uh, that's interesting. Oh, um, is it uh, Top Secret? Good. I think we did that one, actually. Oh, yeah, we probably did. I know we talked about it. Um, one of one of the writers for this movie actually uh, only appeared in the movie because he was contractually bound to do so after the movie had already been sold, and he actually uh, did so as a favor to the co-writer co-writers. Hmm. Huh. For a second, I thought Predator, but there's no music. <laughs> that would be a movie. Yeah. It would be. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a musical montage in the middle of Predator. Um, huh. Get to the chopper. Right. Uh, let's see. Parody. Spaceballs? No. no. And by the way, I just remember here, you're the one who said the word parody. I did not mention it one one moment. Okay. This movie also starts at in the middle of a song, though it is not a musical part, it's just uh, people listening to a song. Huh. Starts in the middle of a song. There's a band member with mental health issues. Uh, Empire Records? No. Alright. Hmm. Um, multiple actors played multiple characters in this movie. Oh, that's interesting too. Multiple actors play multiple characters in the movie. Um, hmm. Coming to America? No. All right. Um, at one point in this movie, one of the characters is uh, basically resting on the laurels of his invention that he's been kind of like, you know, famous for. And he can't, he's trying to come up with another similar invention in the same category of invention. Um, the fuck is that movie called? <laughs> um, shit. I can't think of the name of that movie. Uh, although. I don't think that fits all the clues you gave me, but, um. Damn it, what the hell is the name of that movie? Uh. Jack Black and Ben Stiller are there. No. All right. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, here's a here's a here's another clue. Uh, you might this one will probably give it away. Um, there is a cameo though. It's not necessarily a cameo. It could just be before he was really a famous actor of uh, Brendan Fraser in this movie. Oh, 
Um. Oh, do something with that, you freak. <laughs> Chairman of the board. Uh, I bet the board is. Um, no. Uh, hmm. Actually, I don't think it fits that, though. No. I mean, it's not Airheads. Um, cameo from Brendan Fraser. Um, hmm. Why can't I think of this movie? Um, hmm. Is it, um, jeez. Trying to think of some of his earlier. I know it's not Encino Man. Um, oh, hey, I forgot we've got the, where is it? There we go. The thinking music. Uh, hmm. I don't know why I can't think of this film. I mean, it's not. One last, uh, it's I'll not, give you one last clue. Okay. The opening lyrics of the song, it's actually kind of starts with the beginning of the song, is sometimes it's dark. Sometimes it's dark. Hmm. Oh, 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 oh. There's nothing in IMDb about this movie? That's so weird. The kids in the hall? No. Yep, it is. And yeah, and I was very, very surprised. I actually think I was going to do this before, but then also, like, at that time, I just gave up because there was no clues. But this time, I'm like, yeah. Wow. Kids in the Hall brain candy, and there's nothing There's nothing in IMDb about Wow. Not a single comment. I was very surprised by this. That's a really good movie, too. I feel like filling it in. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way, but I, I don't want to be one of those IMDb people yeah, because I'm exactly. sure it's a slippery slope. Oh, for sure. Next thing you know, we'll be we'll be marking what the minute marker is that some girl takes her top off. <laughs> you mean Erica Eleniak? Uh Is that who's in Under Siege Two? <laughs> That's Under Siege One, actually. Oh, yes. Under Siege One, yeah. Sorry. I can picture the scene perfectly in my mind. I watched it so many times on a repeat when I was a child. <laughs> So guys, got done watching Under Siege and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Mike, your forearms look real jacked, right? Now. Yeah, like that time Mark Peabody claimed he was ripped for like a week and like nobody saw it because he was like uh, using that weight with a string on it. You know, you know that <laughs> Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason uh, Jason Forbes um, uh, gave that to to Mark. <laughs> It's just like, like it, it, I'm sure you people have seen it. It's it's a weight tied on the end of a string with a stick, and you roll up the the weight and then let it go down and then roll up, and it, it works your forearms. Yeah, it doesn't make you uh, ripped in a week, though, Mark Cubani, you lying piece of shit. Right. Also, Mark is spelled with a K, not a C, just in case anybody wants the perfectly exact information. Exactly. Uh yeah. Fucking marks with a C. I hate it. Um, I really legitimately do hate that. Why, why do people do that? I don't know. It, do, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, come up with a standard way of spelling, uh, you know, like with Mike, no one's like, oh, I'm M-Y-K, you know, or, or anything <laughs> like that. It's like, it's M-I-K-E. Yep. 
That's how it's spelled. I, I so before we get into Breaking Bad, which is you know what we're we're here. a show that we're not talking about today. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Better Call Saul. I uh, I, I saw uh, Bert Kirshner. I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh, the comedian. But Bert. yeah, Bert Bert Kirshner, a comedian, I suppose. Yeah. He um yeah Bert Kreischer A S C H E R yeah he uh he got blocked by Gene Simmons on Twitter uh, I don't know why exactly but uh, he invited by a- Gene Simmons you said yeah Gene Simmons blocked him on Twitter oh he he has a video like about why he hates Gene Simmons and oh, I hate Gene Simmons way more than I hate uh, Bert Kreischer that's for sure <laughs> so he asked everybody. Uh, who's the most famous person to block you? And some of these are, are kind of humorous. Uh, this first one, I, I just have a personal thing to say about it. Uh, Amy Schumer blocked Jordy Scrubbings. Uh, who, and she said she badmouthed Tampa in, in her book, and I defended the city. And apparently that means you get blocked. Um, but we just were in uh. Tampa for vacation, and I want to say that... Uh, Besides one asshole <laughs> in Tampa, the uh, the city of Tampa was uh, was gorgeous, uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's very very nice. We went there a few years ago. Uh, it's even clearer water, which I hear is like nutty with like Scientology. Oh, it's very uh, you know the ocean. Yeah. yeah, it's like head- headquarters for Scientology. Wow. Yeah, we stayed. I think we stayed in Clearwater uh, at one of the resorts, and it makes sense because they. Uh, <laughs> They uh, release Thetans into our room at night. And then you're going to go, if you don't go to sleep, Zidu's going to get you. Right. But it was was someone talking to Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Pasta Sauce says Dak Shepard blocked him. Uh, He said, all I did was tell me he looked like the singer of Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which I, I like uh, Dex Shepard, but that is funny. I think it's a hilarious reason to block somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, um, let's see. Oh, uh, Diana, Prince of Steaks, uh, got blocked by Jenny McCarthy. She says every time a story about measles or some other preventable disease was in the news, I added her. Guess she couldn't take the heat. <laughs> now, now I just send them to her husband, who must be too busy to see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a terrible thing she did. That she just completely pretends it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think she had some weird thing. Like she gave her son like some like some something like vinegar, and he, like he coughed up all this bile, and then he was okay. Like he cured him of his autism. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm being serious. I, I, we need to look this up. We should do a, uh, an episode about that goop thing on, uh, you know, Netflix. Speaking of like pseudoscience, but oh yeah, I'm like 99 for Jenny McCarthy, McCartney, MacArthur, MacArthur, uh, genius Grant, but she's not a genius. Um, right. I think it's McCarthy Wahlberg. Okay, I wasn't sure which one. You know, they all sound the same. You mm-hmm. know, those people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it, she's just like a really. Re- I, I don't think she's just a complete idiot, you know, but yeah, she was really heavily into the uh, anti-vax, you know, causes autism. Oh, yeah. And my son was cured because he had cider or whatever the fuck it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I wish nothing but the worst for uh, her as far as Twitter goes. Agreed. 
Josh Porter got uh, blocked by DeAndre Hopkins uh, because he tried to take credit for his dick pick in 2016. <laughs> what? <laughs> Apparently, Josh said, no, that's me. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's so funny to block somebody over that, too. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then Chris uh, Deelia, or however the fuck he says his name. Yeah. he He's blocked no. two people. One, because uh, someone made Jerry Bola made fun of Whitney Cummings. And uh, the I, think, I guess they're dating or something. I don't know. And, and I know he was on her show, uh, Whitney, mm-hmm. but I don't know if like they were dating or not. And uh, he actually dated Amy Schumer, your previous uh, mention. Oh, okay. Oh no, I'm sorry, that wasn't him. That was that was Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, That's I remember. He yeah, I remember he dated her. Uh, and he also dated I am Milo Jones. Um, I don't. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. But Chris, <laughs> Chris Delia blocked. They were spotted canoodling. <laughs> He said, uh, uh, apparently he said Delia should have won an Emmy on the show Whitney um, because he came across as such a likable down-to-earth guy when in real life he's not. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of his either. As you can tell, I hate most things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, the some of the, the best ones I saw from... Uh, or Kirschner, whatever his name is, Kreshner? Kreischer. Kreischer's thing. Have you ever been blocked by a celebrity, even during your stalking up period, you know, for the segment that never really uh, worked? Not that I'm aware of. I, I, can, you, can you? Yeah, go ahead. Can you think of any celebrities that you that that you're more likely to be blocked by from something you've commented? Um. Probably, let's see, I, like Kid Rock would be, I think, would be the first one. Oh, yeah. Me. Both for political reasons and just for music reasons. No, I mean, like, have you sent an actual tweet out? Because, uh, for example, <laughs> I might be brought, I might be blocked by Brooke Shields. Oh, okay. And that's because uh, I made this GIF, or not GIF, it's just like, yeah, I guess it's, it doesn't move or anything, it's just like a JPEG. Mm-hmm. But it has like a picture of her that says, uh, retweet if you've ever farted on the side of the Blue Lagoon. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll tweet to her every so often, hoping, hoping you know, she'll see it and be like, ha ha ha, because, you know, it's a, the South Park movie. Right. But no, and I, for all I know, she, she would block me because who wants to see that nonsense? <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, yeah, I, I don't use Twitter a ton, so... I'll start trying to get blocked by celebrities. <laughs> oh, also, I think Shaquille O'Neal, he, he, he could block me as well because I've, I've repeatedly asked for a refund for the movie Kazam, yet he's failed to provide it. I'll try to get Sinbad to block me by asking him for the same thing. <laughs> a <laughs> refund for the movie Kazam or or whatever people think he was in where he was playing a G. Yeah, I think it was also Kazam. <laughs> I think they ca- thought it was called Shazam, which is even weirder because, like, it's doubly wrong, but yeah, that's that's yeah. that's uh. Do you think do you think Simbad's on Twitter? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> that's another thing we'll have to research. I think I saw like, he was. I thought he was coming. To, saw he was coming to town recently. Oh wow! Is he gonna talk? I don't about, know. I don't know what for, but parachute pants sales just went uh, through the roof on uh, on Finkel <laughs> or wherever they're still available. 
people are desperately trying to obtain a copy of Necessary Roughness, but they just can't find it because yeah. there's no video stores anymore. Right. It was never released on even DVD. <laughs> you certainly can't find <laughs> it on digital. Where do you think the Scott Bakula completists put places that in their uh, pantheon of Scott Bakula works? I'd say it's got to be... It's got to be just above um, that CSI show he's on now or whatever, CSI New Orleans, but under Star Trek Enterprise. That's my guess. Sure. Quantum Leap has to be number one, I would think. Anyone who's had a man crush on You got to put Quantum Leap at the top, right? Yeah, for sure. I almost called him a. I almost called him MacGyver because for some reason I uh, feel that he's pretty interchangeable with Richard. D. Hey, kind of. <laughs> I can see that. Well, if you just, well, if you just switched him out, you're like, yeah, that worked. Yeah, he seems like he was on uh, uh, whatever that. Ah, fuck the deep, not deep space. MacGyver. But, yeah, but I was. I'm thinking of the Stargate. That's that's what it is. he was in. That right? I think he was on the TV show Stargate or something. I don't remember. Well, we're going to uh, give a little interruption here for a second to go to a very popular segment of our show. Uh, used to be Bella Corner. Now, uh, with the addition of Stefan to the mix, we're calling it Kids Corner, uh, where we talk about the shows and movies that are of particular interest to the kiddos out there. So if you have children, you can turn in, tune in now. Uh, after the segment's over, tune out with your children because there will probably be a lot of swearing. Uh, all right, take it away, kids. Bella, what uh, what are we talking about right now? Okay. Welcome today, everyone. We're at Kids Corner. Um, we will be talking about a mystery. A mystery? <laughs> like a mystery mobile? What what TV show do you want to talk about? No, it's a mystery. But the the that that does okay. So for everyone out there, she's making a question mark with her hands. That does look like a question mark, but we have to tell the folks what we're talking about and then actually talk about it. Yeah. No, they no they have to figure it out. Okay, so uh, how are they going to figure it out? What clues are we going to give them? Yeah. It's a dog. A dog. Okay. So, Stefan, can you think of a mystery and a dog? Like maybe, uh, oh, oh I, I it's got a it. mystery. I got it. Like, wow, it's wait. a mystery, guys. Wait, what? Did the dog say, does the dog say that? Oh. <laughs> Are we just trying to guess dogs right now? I don't know. What show does that sound like? Uh, what show does that sound like? I'll give you a hint. It's okay. A song. Scooby. Scooby Dooby Doo. That's right. You know that show. I believe this is correct. That uh, that show, Scooby Doo, the name, came from Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra sang a song called Strangers in the Night. Uh, Strangers in the Night. And at the end, he goes, uh, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. He used to do the, the little weird, like, uh, slangy type things. He was known for that. And I believe that that's a piece of trivia that I've heard. I believe it's true and not apocryphal. 
that that is exactly where Scooby Doo's name came from was that song. Okay, everyone. I sang a parody of that song one time. When I, just listen, I, it's an interesting story. Before we get into Scooby Doo, when I had a school project, or, well, actually, a girl I was dating at the time had a school project. This was before I dated your mom, and she. It was about. Uh, it was in chemistry class. We made a movie, and I sang a song for the movie. Uh, instead of Strangers in the Night, it was Isotopes in the Night. So it was uh, Isotopes in the Night. <laughs> uh, exchanging electrons, wandering in the night, becoming ions. Listen, you need to stay there, and you stay over here, okay? okay. All right, so Scooby-Doo, tell me about Scooby-Doo. Do you like it? Yes! All right, Stefan, do you like Scooby-Doo? Yeah, get close to the microphone and say that. No. Okay. So, Bella, tell me why you like Scooby-Doo. Because there's a mystery every time. Yeah. And they got to figure it out. All right. And because the dog talks. Right. Scooby-Doo, where are you? What about Scrappy-Doo? Puppy power! <laughs> Stefan, why don't you like Scooby-Doo? It's cringy, and I, and, and I, and I, it's like, I'm 10, and that used to be a show that I watched when I was younger, and now I'm older, and I don't like it. Oh, you're 9 still, but you're okay, almost well, 10. I'm almost 10. I'm halfway to 10. Double digits. You're more than halfway to 10. Your birthday's next month. Uh, so... You think that the show the show is too young for you. It's aimed at, at smaller kids. Yes. Do you usually figure out who the mystery is? And I would have gotten away with it too for those of you meddling well, kids. Well, um I can't go that far back because I barely remember anything. You don't like big sandwiches? I don't even remember like Answer this question. Do you like big sandwiches? Yes or no, sir? Uh, um, I want the truth. Big sandwiches, yes or no? I only like the big sandwiches that that are chicken sandwiches. They should have sub-chicken sandwiches. Oh, from Popeye's. Uh, that must be an Australian thing then for big sandwiches. Bella, do you have a favorite character from Scooby-Doo? Um, to the microphone. Um, more. Um, I have some favorites. Um, Dana. Dana from Ghostbusters. The the girl with the <laughs> Daphne. Brown, Daphne. Uh -huh. The girl with the short brown right. hair. Yeah. Um and. Jinkies. And that's Velma. And um. Um, Scooby Doo. Mm -hmm. And. His, well, you gotta the stay orange, stay by the microphone. The orange. His hair. buddy Shaggy. Shaggy. With the the skinny guy with the long neck. Like wow. Like wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he doesn't sound like Owen Wilson though. 
Scooby Doo, where are you? Go to some works of doom now. Owen Wilson's like, uh, wow. I, I, wow. Wow, Scooby Doo. Good. Yeah? First things first. You're the realist? Uh, you did that on recording. Are you serious? Okay. Um. Okay. First things first on the realist. I'm pretty sure, Iggy, if you have to say you're the realist, you're not the realist. Okay, well, um. Okay, so, um. I don't think we picked a very good thing to do this, this subject because. That's insulting. Because. It's insulting to fans of Scooby-Doo from the 1970s till now. I'm sorry. Excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. Freddie Prince Jr., sir. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar, sir. I'm sorry, but, um... Linda Cardellini, is that her name? <laughs> Hawkeye's wife. The star of Freaks and Geeks. She was dumb. Is there any way to pause? This is I what you disturb, Stefan! I don't know. Who played Shaggy? Do you remember? Um. You know. I don't Matthew know. Matthew Lillard, sir. My sister is currently punching me in the back for no reason. Yeah, please don't assault on, on the show. Yeah. Kids Corner is not about assault. Yeah, kids It's about shows. Yeah, it's about shows, Bella. But All right, you Stephen. insulted Scooby-Doo. He did insult Scooby-Doo. And it's unfortunate. But, okay. But... Let me ask you something. What? Casey Kasem, sir. I don't know any of the other original voices. Um, the only reason... What show do you like? What show do you want to talk about if you don't want to talk about Scooby-Doo? Something that me and Bella both like is SpongeBob. And yeah. so that, that, I think that would have been a better topic because I remember... It's really nothing... insulting to your co-host to to just, just talk about what you want to talk about and don't talk about... Uh, how is you know it would have been a better topic or whatever. Hey. Um. You can talk about SpongeBob. Okay. Well, the first thing first that you are um, the realist. <laughs> okay. You're the so, realist. Anyways, um. Don't hit the table the, while you're talking. The thing about SpongeBob is so cool, but also. It breaks so many laws of physics at once. Like, okay. how does a grill work underwater? How does patties not get soggy? Seems and more like a law of chemistry. And but... Goo Lagoon has water in it when he's underwater. Huh? You know Goo Lagoon? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not very familiar with SpongeBob. Okay. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Well, basically, there's a thing in SpongeBob called Goo Lagoon. And it's basically a beach that has water in it, but you're already underwater. That is, that does seem odd. Yeah, there's a lot of they they walk freely underwater, they eat and drink underwater, but everything's fine. Mr. Krabs owns a place called the Krabby Patty. He's basically serving himself for his own kind. Yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. One time he takes a bite of a Krabby Patty and says, "That's oh, so that's what I taste like." <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Oh. The show is crazy. Yeah, the show is pretty crazy. You ever notice this? 
that Patrick is... Don't t- tap the table, I'm telling you, that comes through. Okay. You ever notice this, that Patrick is dumb, but he li- and he lives under a rock? Like that saying, uh, you know, uh, what rock have you been living under? Because he doesn't know anything. You ever notice that? It's, uh, it's clever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also... Hey, SpongeBob. It's me, Patrick. <laughs> I'm SpongeBob. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, uh, Can you do uh, Sandy? Hi, I'm Sandy Cheeks. That's pretty good. Can I do some karate, SpongeBob? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Is your I do I can't do, I don't know if I can do Hi, hi, it's me, Squidward. SpongeBob, go away. SpongeBob, get out of here. What that sounds like Squidward. That sounds like Squidly, not um. That's not- Squidly Fancingson or whatever his name is. Yeah, in that's my favorite name in the entire world. Yeah. So. What's your favorite thing about SpongeBob? My favorite thing about SpongeBob is that um, he's a sponge, and that he and he can do all these amazing things. Yeah. Because uh, because um, uh. Yeah. He's animated. <laughs> yeah, he's animated, and he and he um, and he and he and he. Any <laughs> northeast, any Dad, any I, words in there? Yeah. Um, can I do my Mr. Krabs do, voice? Oh, do it to the... Uh, ah, it's me, Mr. Krabs. I like money. Give me all the money. Uh, can I try to do an impression? Sure. Um, I'm going to do Larry the Crab. Larry the Cable Guy, okay. 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 Hi, SpongeBob. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I. I no, that was good. Hi, YouTube. Oh, right. It's my master crab. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's been a successful kids corner this week. So we've discovered that you like Scooby Doo, you like SpongeBob. Uh, hopefully, next week we can get. Uh, you two can get together and uh, and discuss what you want to talk about, so you're not yeah, insulting no. each other's choices. This is the not the end. Time. I was like, hey, hey, look at it. Hey, we're doing, Sco- we're doing Scooby-Doo. We haven't even chose Bella. What? This is that's real life. She was like, hey, we're doing, <laughs> hey, we're doing this. We never decided. Well, she decided. Yeah, she decided. Hey, this thing is not over yet. Why? Because there's one more problem. What's the one problem? <laughs> that you guys need to solve. Okay. Oh, stop what? Is it how to push the stop recording button? Uh, no. Uh, no. 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 It's a challenge for all of you beer viewers at home that you can do. Okay. Okay. It's What's the called challenge? You can't press the button. Okay, so uh, the, the challenge is for them to not press the stop record, stop button on their phone. No, any button. Okay, know. don't press any button. <laughs> 
See how long you can go in your life without pressing any buttons. Let this episode run its course. Uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or something like that, it will automatically play the next episode, even if you've already heard it. That will help our, our, our listenership just keep doing it. It'll go through the entire library of all of our shows. You will marathon this show. If you can get to number one, let us know on Twitter uh, at Massive Late Fee. Uh, or write massively at gmail.com. Um, guys, wait, 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 we're going to what? do... Don't hit the stop. Then say what you want to say. Um, I no, I was going to... Say what you need to say. I was going to say something first. Well, I, you him. know, I was... I was talking first before you were talking. Oh, you really want to whine on air? We're going to have to cut that out. Let him go. Okay. Okay, so, um, 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 I just forgot what I was going to say. What do you want to say? Guys, we're going to do it right now oh, at oh, home. I, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so if you guys... Oh, wait. Um, so, you know, the Any Button Challenge that Bella has come up with uh-huh. looks like we've probably eliminated over a thousand people already or the people that listen to this thing because they... Because like, you two are so boring, they've turned it off already. No. Okay, then why? Be- because they they probably don't like not having to hit buttons on their phone because then a phone would be useless. Dynamite dropping, <laughs> Bella. What do you want to say? Um. Okay, everyone, we're going to do it home, but we got one more thing to say. This is the last thing. Go ahead. We're going to do something crazy with the buttons. Okay. Um, okay. So basically, this challenge, someone has to leave you with buttons, and you have to not try to press them. Like, press the button. The game okay. press the button. You know, a game on Roblox. Roblox, but yeah. Or um, this game that's like you, this guy just leaves you. Okay, and sounds good. And now back to the show. Mike, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you know what it takes to be a good side chick? Because if you don't, I, I'm I, sorry. Go ahead. I, you cut out there for a second. What was that? Oh, I said, do you know what it takes to be a good side chick? Uh, I don't know. Cut out again. To be a good what? A good side chick? Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening. Whenever you go to answer out. All right, hold on one second. We might edit this out. We might not. We probably won't. All right, let me see. Fucking internet. Okay. All right, can you hear me better now? Yeah. All right. So what I was asking is, do you know what it takes to be a good side chick? I, I feel that you're pranking me at this point because literally every time right, when you get to say a good, it just cuts out. I'm like, are, are you being serious? This this can't happen exactly at the exact same part of your sentence every time. But it- I've got an article here that says the 11 steps to being a good side chick. Side chick? Yeah, that's right. You got it. <laughs> There's only one step, don't tell. Right. So, uh, 
Number one, give him space. Don't always be the first to text him or seek him out. Give him breathing room. He is a full-time main, and you're a part-timer, seasonal, a temp. I, this, this article is so funny to me. Uh, don't let him get bored. When he texts you, keep the conversation interesting. A side chick's main responsibility is to keep things fun and exciting. Give him short answers. Are, yep. Are we in agreement that this is clearly written by the guy who has a side chick? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> a guy is definitely writing this. Like, it's such a prominent position in society. Ooh, I'm his side chick. Giving him short answers and acting uninterested will make him hit you with the I'm going to go do blank or talk to you later. If you decide to text him first, substance is needed. Doing the whole hey or what's up equals shake my fucking head. (laughs) Number three is refrain from having, quote, the talk. Having the what are we doing, where is this going talk will push him away. You have to know your lane. You're his side chick. <laughs> the end. So obviously written by a guy. I mean, come on. Who is the alleged author of this article? <laughs> so the author of this article is Cousin Keith. Well, there you go. Keith. <laughs> For most of you, this isn't going anywhere other than the bedroom, hotel, backseat of the car. So starting a serious conversation is overwhelming for him and is definitely frowned upon. This will lead you to a timeout. (laughs) (laughs) Do not argue with him ever. (laughs) This is is also a prank. Is this not also a prank? It's gotta be. Have you you taken this time off to just write elaborate pranks to play on me? (laughs) There should never be a reason to get into a disagreement with him. That is his main chick's responsibility. A side chick should always be cool and should never be the one who stresses him out. You are his vacation, his time off, his break from problems with the main. Starting shit will only get your ass left. (laughs) I love this so much. Like, how, how little do you have to think of yourself? To abide by these rules. Right. Don't ask any questions. This this should be a no-brainer, it says. You can't ask, where were you? Why didn't you call me? Why are you always so busy? Why don't you ever see me? Who were you on the phone with? Girl, know your lane. These are not side chick questions. Is this cousin Keith like a homosexual individual? I don't know. Like the way that it's written, it sounds kind of like something like that. Like, you know, um, like oh, here's here's your this gay dude knows about women. Like that's like a theory they often like you know posit in like magazines and such. It's like I don't really understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, kind of insulting just because you know there may be some feminization uh, doesn't mean you're a woman. Hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. The next rule. Do what he says. If he says you're not going to get pregnant, he won't. You don't need to wear a condom. <laughs> Do not bother trying to be part of holidays or birthdays. <laughs> if he ca- <laughs> if he cares enough, he might celebrate these events the day after or before. But for the most part, don't expect anything like a gift or acknowledgement. <laughs> these days are saved and reserved for the mains. It may be safe to text him to say happy blah, 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 but the phone call should not be made. Avoid Valentine's Day completely. Don't even send a text. (laughs) 
Holy fuck. Next rule is, remember, you're just a cum dumpster. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't call first ever. Text messages should be your only form of contact unless he decides he wants to call you. You do not have phone privileges. <laughs> and get this is it. from like a uh, an article from Screw Magazine from 1970. This is from uh, iPowerRichmond.com. <laughs> oh, I, well, that, that explains it, a lot. It's it's a uh, it's a radio station <laughs> in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, it's a real radio station? Like, yes. now, like an internet radio? Is the eye. The eye makes you think it's uh, internet radio. It's, uh, let's see, 92.1 slash 104.1 Richmond, Virginia. Huh. We should call them up and uh, ask about the article. Absolutely. Well, I want to talk to Cousin Keith. Uh, let's see. Always look your best. As a side chick, always be on point. Keep in judge. You're not allowed to rock sneakers and sweats. This is very important. You always have to look your best. Looking better than the main is an added bonus. Lip gloss popping at all times. Oh. Let's see. Uh, number nine is let him think he's the only one. You don't want him to think you get down like this, even if you do. You're already a side chick. You don't want him to think you're a big old hoe, too. Now this is a guy. Che- <laughs> this is a guy cheating on his significant other. But you don't want him to think you're a hoe. <laughs> Number ten is don't stalk his. This whole- is great. <laughs> Number ten is don't stalk his whole life. It's never a good idea to stalk a person. There are helplines for this. Don't open a fake Facebook account and request him as a friend, and don't creep on his timeline. This will not lead to anything good. The less you know, the better. (laughs) Looking at pictures of the happy couple or reading about his amazing weekend with her will only hurt you, and feelings like those are not allowed. (laughs) Do they, like, they post this out at, like, uh, abuse shelters for... (laughs) I understand who the audience is for. (laughs) Let's see, like, in a... Oh, my God. A woman would want to do this... I don't understand it. I don't either. The last one, number 11, is don't research the main. Looking her up on social media is not necessary. Why would you want to associate a face or name with the main? Her name is Maine. Her face looks like this, and it's a question mark. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) And then if anyone's in the uh, Richmond, Virginia area and uh, wants to, you can text iPower to... 37890 for your chance at ticket giveaways and news before anyone else. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I saw that article. I just happened to I happened to come across that article somehow and I was like, this is gold. Peace. What'd you say? That sounds like way too much work. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not gonna be a side chick. Oh, so uh, today we are here to talk to you about Better Call Saul or BCS as no one calls it. Yes. So the first two episodes have dropped uh, next week. I'm looking forward to next week. I don't know about you, but uh, what do you think so far 
of the uh, the first first couple episodes of this season. Um, so far, I liked it. Uh, I actually was surprised it was the first two episodes because I, I looked it up on the TV guide, like you know, not the magazine, but mm-hmm. on the cable, and it said it, it had the same episode name for both episodes. So I was surprised it was a new one. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was too. I thought it was going to be a repeat, but then uh, yeah, it was a, a second episode. Um, Saul's definitely becoming Saul. I mean, he's it's, you know he's uh, he's definitely. I think. You know, it's definitely been a slow burn. Uh, it's been, you know, they've they've taken their time with with getting him to this point, and I think his rationality for, uh, you know, becoming Saul Goodman makes sense. Where you know he says that Jimmy McGill's always only ever going to be the loser kid brother of, uh, yeah, you know, and, and that that name is dead to him now, basically, which which makes sense. Uh, given everything yeah, plus he wants a in. clean break as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think he's definitely fully embracing uh, this this whole new persona. It's it's almost like, I mean, he's not becoming a different person, you know, because he was slipping Jimmy and 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 all that stuff. But he's, you know, it's almost like he's playing a character when he saw Goodman. Like his whole life is becoming a character. You know, I just realized something that's kind of insane about this. Hmm. Um, since the time that Breaking Bad came out and then the time that the episode correlated to it in a uh, better uh, call Saul, like in Breaking Bad, he mentions one time he got a woman to sleep with him because he, uh, you know, she thought it was Kevin Costner. Yeah. Throughout the time when that came out, like what, uh, 2006 or so, I don't know. I don't remember what Breaking Bad was on mm-hmm. around then. That was like a funny later comment, but now it's basically sexual assault, is it not? Yeah, exactly. So slipping Jimmy is really raping Jimmy. Yeah. Yep. And he's he's the protagonist, our our plucky young uh, rapist. All right. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I guess we can we can kind of take this on in parts. I suppose we can talk about kind of Jimmy's storyline or you know Saul's storyline first, and then move on to uh, you know the stuff that's happening with Gus and and Mike and and Lalo uh, and all those people. But um, remember the good old days when you get impersonate a celebrity and uh, seduce a woman and get away with it. <laughs> yeah, it was the best. I uh, like, ah, you pray. you tell your colleagues you were so unashamed. You know, I used to impersonate was that uh, you know that um, stand-up comedian that would do uh, that would talk about uh, going to the um, the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet and getting kicked out. Ah, oh, shit! What's his name? I think he died recently. Uh, did he? Oh, poor guy. <laughs> if it's what I'm thinking of, whose name I will not, uh, it's, it's just gonna bother me until I remember it. You, you can't, you, you, you. Kevin Meany? Oh, did Kevin Meany die recently? Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. That's not, that's not gentleman. right. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a Kevin Meany joke, but yeah. I don't know if it actually was him. But yeah, Kevin Meany not only died, but he, uh, like, uh, I don't know if he I, I came out as gay like in the later stages of his life as well. Like to his- Oh, good for him. You know, you know, eventful last few years. Oh yeah, he died in 2016. Wow, he died almost four years ago. Yeah. I had no idea. Sixty years old. Yeah. I think it was a heart attack or something like that. Hmm. Yep, heart attack. Autopsy was inconclusive but shows that he died from a heart attack. 
Well, how is that conclusive? It seems pretty fucking conclusive. It's technically, uh, you could say that that ultimately kills everyone or that or lack of oxygen to the brain or whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. He yeah, actually, uh, I think his mom, I think his wife found out because she like caught like she came across from his gay porn on the uh, computer. Oh, wow. Which is probably the worst way to tell your wife about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that like, hey, I, I got a little bit of extra AIDS medication. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Ironically, in 2010, he was in a movie called Heterosexuals. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. So he was in Big. I remember that uh, in 1988. And then 10 years later, he did his second feature film, Plump Fiction. Uh-uh. We still haven't figured out the person you're talking about, though. No, I know. It's uh, he would do that. Vigoda? No, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Fish. Um, he would do that um, that uh, joke. He'd be like, uh, "You you come back four time, you no eat here anymore." But I can't think of his name. I wonder if I just type in yeah. "fat comedian." That's <laughs> 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 well, a pretty big list. Into uh, uh, oh. like Chinese food go joke, which is kind of funny because <laughs> that's something you could do these days either. Guess what? <laughs> It worked? Yeah, it was the second result. Who was it? The first result was Ralphie May, which, you know, I, I remembered his name. Rest in peace. But the second result is John Panetta. Or John Panetta. The name sound, and I don't know. I was saying the Panetta sounded familiar, but I don't yeah, I don't know who this person is. Oh, yeah, he was a very famous comedian in the uh in the 19... Well, not, not very famous, but he was a famous comedian in the 1980s. He's also dead. <laughs> uh, We're back with death and AIDS. We know you missed it. Yep. He died at 50. Uh, I got to do something about my weight. <laughs> All these people that I could, uh, that I could impersonate uh, are dead. Let's see. 230... But what about Danny DeVito? Can you impersonate him yet? Oh. <laughs> not that he's very svelte. Um. Uh, let's see. What's the name of Judd Hirsch's character on Taxi? Um. Oh, I don't remember. De Palma, get out there. Um. <laughs> let's see. Two thirty p.m. Uh, the Sheraton Station Square Hotel in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, pulmonary embolism. Oh, that sucks. To the the Panetta guy you're talking about, yeah, Panetta. Yeah, I think that's probably a uh, common complication of obesity is uh, pulmonary embolus. I think Ralphie May died of pneumonia, technically. Oh, okay. I know he was 45. Ralphie May, 45, comedian who happens to be fat, dead. That's the, <laughs> that's, that that's the New York Times article. Uh-uh. Oh, God. Um, anyway, so, yeah. So, uh, speaking of people who are dead, um, Gus Fring is uh, prominent in uh, Better Call Saul, which we're talking about. Yeah. What do you think happens to... Um, Nacho? No, uh... Yeah, it's weird because they mentioned Nacho, 
uh, it, Saul mentions Nacho in Breaking Bad, so he's still alive. Yeah, at that point, Saul gives at that point, unless he like uh, you know kind of vanished and became like a boogeyman. I do have some theories as to how a few things happen. I think Kim is going to lose her law license at the end of the season. Okay, if she pulled some shit, you know, and she felt influenced by uh, Saul, so she's just gonna. Mm-hmm. So I think they're gonna break up. Everything's gonna fall apart at the end of the season, and the next season's just like it's gonna pick up the pace so quickly, it's gonna like make people's heads snap. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think that it's definitely ramping up, and I think it's going to, it's the pace is going to get a lot faster. Yeah. Um. Uh, so let's see. I can't remember the name of the guy who who came for the Salamancas. He's their cousin or something like that. Lalo. Lalo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I mean he's gonna he's gonna have to disappear at some point because he's mm-hmm. not in Breaking Bad, and you know, uh, obviously until we get to um, I forget the first guy's name. The uh, the really crazy guy. Oh, Taco. Uh, yeah, Tico. No, no. Tico Taco. <laughs> Taco Tico. Get a Tico Taco from Tuesday. Tico Taco Tuesday. Oh yeah, but I, I can't remember his name. But uh, you know the really crazy uh, mm-hmm. Gus's nephew. I mean, he's you know he was there earlier. He was sent to jail. I'm so bad with names. Plus, I'm watching Narcos Mexico, which is a very good show, by the way. But uh, just all the Spanish uh, names together is just I I can't tell who's who. Mm-hmm. Because I'm racist. <laughs> it's um, I think it is. Is is it Taco? Tico. I think it's Tico or something like that. I can't remember. Um, let's see. It could be um. No, not Nacho. I typed in Taco and it gave me nachos. <laughs> it's, it's like a uh, it's like a um Taco Bell order. They're always getting stuff wrong. Tico? Just look up Salamanca. Rico? <laughs> suave. That's Suave. Salamanca. Yeah. Um, let's see. Not Lalo. Not Hector. Not Mike. This is a fucking blast for the audience, I'm sure. Yeah. This is uh, Google. Tuco. 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 People were shouting it at us. Tuco, you morons! Right. Tuco Salamanca. Yeah, the first the first episode of uh, the first comeback episode of Better Call Saul, we see him with uh, Kim mm-hmm. Wexler at the beginning, um, and he's he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna keep this name, and uh, you can only tell she's kind of like out of the relationship. She's like, yeah, fuck this guy. He doesn't do, sh-. you know, he's like a fuck off. He was like having really illicit like cell phone deals for a year, and now he's back to being attorney. She's just happy he's not trying to merge her practices anymore. Right. You can tell she's clearly embarrassed by him. Yeah, and the, you know she like she, the mask was really taken off after he gave that speech, and and then uh, you know he he comes out and says, "Oh, I had those morons eaten out of the palm of my hand, or, or whatever." And you can right. tell that she, you know, that she she was one of those morons. You know, she, right. she's she, like, "Oh, she," you know, you can tell he's being genuine. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't just saying it to like be cool. He just like he's like he didn't give a fuck. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, it, they they don't ever talk about their problems. <laughs> it's so frustrating to watch. Yeah, because to Kim, the law is almost like a religion. Like, she's so, like, you know, it's so precious to her that mm-hmm. she, like, she feels bad for just doing a very lucrative, uh, you know, field of law, which is working for Mesa, Mesa, is it called Mesa Verde? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, she feels so guilty that she's not, you know, performing the law she wants to, that she takes up like pro bono cases, which 
must be a complete pain in the ass, by the way. Those will not would not be easy, you know, any of them, just especially when you're coming from like a transactional type law. Yep. I mean, she cares about the law this much. I mean, we even see her at the, I think it's the end of the first episode, she kinda is influenced by uh Saul because like she she knows that the best deal for a client is f- a five month sentence, but he thinks he can go on trial and mm-hmm. you know get off scot free, which would probably in more likelihood make him be in there for like twenty five years or so. Yeah. So she, you know, kind of cons him into like accepting the five months. Yeah, basically, Saul says, you know, Saul gives her the, the, the game plan of what to do, which he knows will work and she knows will work, but it's unethical. But she does it anyway because you know she doesn't. This guy's got a kid, another one on the way, and she wants to help him. But you can, yeah, you can tell that. She can't help but be influenced by him while they're in the relationship, but she doesn't like what she becomes when she's around him. Yeah, and like to her, like the the justice of it. I mean, that's kind of excuses in her head. But in the next episode, she like you know makes him like, no, we're not doing that ever again. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's a sequence. I can't remember where they go look at a house because you know they're making you know Saul's got his best business back. You know, Kim's making good money. Yeah, and like they just kind of like have like a pretend like it's almost like you know an earlier episode where Kim and Saul first get together. You know, it's like she enjoys the fun part of him. He like he brings out the fun side of her for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, she enjoys like their little like you know they're good hearted con. And like, you know, yeah. like, oh, you know, we're going to buy this house. And like, you know, there are all these like free, like, you know, um, things to go with it, you know, like uh, extras or, you know, like, oh, we'll let you do this because you want the house and that kind of stuff. You know, right. she's fine with that. But like Saul, it, it does that with everything. He doesn't take anything seriously. It's all just a game for him to play and, you know, manipulate the results to his ends. Yeah, I will say, though, uh, his idea with the cell phones and putting his number uh, as number one on the speed dial is a fucking brilliant idea. Well, yeah, for sure. He's a brilliant character. Um, as, well, like what you're talking about is at the beginning of the first episode, he's uh, he's talking to Kim about how he's going to get into criminal law and use some of his like cell phone clientele, which, mm-hmm. mind you, uh, if you recall, I'm sure you do, but you know, for the listener... Um, the, this idea was started because uh, he was trying to sell anonymous cell phones to people who would want cell phones that don't have any uh, re- <coughs> records outside of like a credit card or like you can pay for the cash cards yep. with cash at that point. You know, so he's basically selling these to like people who are kind of like, you know, either like super survivalists or, you know, they have some kind of criminal enterprise or running off these phones. So, yep. yeah, he knows they'll need him at some point. Exactly. And he, he mentions giving a a discount. uh for, you know, for uh, nonviolent criminal offenses, 50% off. And Kim says that it seems like it's encouraging them to break the law. I don't know that I 100% agree that, you know, giving a discount's just like a, a you know, like a license. Yeah, like if you get a, if, like if you get a discount on a doctor's visit, you're like, oh, great, I'm going to go break my fucking leg now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with her, although... The beginning of the second episode, uh, we follow a couple people that uh, take his card that say, you know, uh, that he says he's going to give a 50% discount on. And they sure tear the fuck through town uh, saying 50% off the whole time. Um, I don't... (laughs) That 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 was a really fun sequence to watch, but I don't really think it made a lot of sense. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's people that are that stupid, but I mean, they were aggressively dumb the characters were so maybe i don't know yeah i mean i can maybe see a couple guys like saying the 50 percent off thing as like uh 
like an inside joke between the two of them, I guess. Uh, but they were definitely going to do all that stuff that they did anyway. And, and that, like you said, that montage was fun to watch, but it seems almost out of place, weirdly, uh, in, in Better Call Saul and like the Breaking Bad universe. It almost yeah, that's definitely a Breaking Bad type thing, you know, especially right. with the musical companies. I wonder if they feel some pressure to make it a little more exciting because there is the expectation from, you know, I'm sure the network and also the right. uh, the Breaking Bad you know, for it to be like almost like a more action, you know, orientated type show. But I honestly, and, and this is saying a lot, I, I think this is better than Breaking Bad, the show. I mean, it's it's so well, it's like it's like Vince Gilligan had to do Breaking Bad in order to do a show like Better Call Saul. Yep. I, 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 I honestly agree. I like, I enjoy Better Call Saul uh, more than Breaking Bad, which is like a hard thing for me to say because I love Breaking Bad. Um, but I, I think it's, a really well layered show and it's you know the the people in it can be like 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 Saul for instance is obviously an anti-hero kind of like uh, Walter White is but he he never reaches at least as far as we can see he never reaches the absolute depths that Walter White does so it's a little in in a way it's a little more believable and also it's it's easier to kind of root for him because he doesn't he basically doesn't become a, a heartless villain sure but yeah he certainly makes a lot of questionable uh, choices mm-hmm. he just like he you know he just believes everything is you know manipulatable yeah that's which isn't a word yeah we even see him do this when he's in the he, when he's like just walking through the court he's waiting on um a file i think mm-hmm. and he just kind of like kind of like casually walks around like there he just runs into like three or four people where he's like, you know, wheeling and dealing. And like at the very beginning, he goes, Oh, let's, can we move this to Tuesday? He goes, so do you have the other person's agreement? He's like, Oh yeah, sure. They're, they're fine with it. And then he meets that person on the, they're like the fifth person. He goes, Hey, do you mind if we do this? And sure. He just knows every, like every tick of the court system. Like he knows yep. all the little tiny things that you can squeeze and push and, you know, do to actually change, you know, because he knows ultimately the laws about people and he's like a master of convincing and conning people. So yeah, he doesn't the, have to really know the law so much as he just has to con and manipulate the people involved with it. Yeah, and that's the thing is he's he's a stark contrast to Kim in the fact that, like you said, to, to Kim the law is sacred. She really believes in it. She believes in her part in it. And Jimmy doesn't. He does not care. The this as the the you know assistant district attorney uh, that he he pays a uh, maintenance worker to get him stuck in an elevator with so he can go through uh, you know all the cases that they have. Uh, that oh they- no, it's it's better than that. I think he actually promises like his brother will you know get off on it. He promises to represent his brother, doesn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. It, like he gives him. I think he gives him, uh, you know, money for like half, and he says for the second half, uh, you know, uh, free. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, but yeah. So, um, you know, to him, he doesn't he doesn't care about the law. It's the whole thing is is to make money off of it. Is he he wants to churn through these clients as fast as possible, uh, just do plea deals for pretty much everybody, so it goes a- as fast as he can, so he can. And he knows he'll just be right back in the system. Yeah. Yep. Exactly, I mean, and that's they're the type of clients who will you know get out of jail on a Monday and be back in jail on a Wednesday. Yep. So I, I think he he definitely is interested more in, especially as it goes on. Uh, you know, as we see him in in uh, in, in Breaking Bad, he's interested in you know money, power, you know those those kind of things. He's 
he's ego driven and Kim is Yeah, I'd say I think his ultimately ultimately his joy is just that he's, you know, manipulating everybody. He's yeah. like almost like a, you know, a ringmaster making, you know, people jump just how he wants to. I mean, he shows himself to be competent, you know, to do it a legit form of law. He could do something like torts, you know, he could yeah. sign all those old people up. He's charming, you know. But he just he just loves the, there's something about the dirty deal that he really loves, like more than even if it was less lucrative, which it is. I mean, he just loves something about like, you know, breaking the rules. He always has, you know, they show in earlier episodes, even as like a teen, you know, he was always like slipping Jimmy, he was always mm-hmm. conning people, you know. He just he just that's that's his love. Yep. That's that's where his passion is, and I that's the big disconnect between him and Kim. Uh but yeah, so that's that relationship obviously is kind of the the heart of his storyline. So, you know, we'll have to we'll have to see where that goes. But obviously, the big question there is is like you said, what happens to Kim? Uh, and I think that's a pretty good theory about her. I mean, for all we know, they could be married because I mean, he never refers to her in uh, you know a Breaking Bad, you know, at home, right? Yeah, or you know, you know, obviously working still and going home. Yeah, yeah, we never see him in Breaking Bad. We never see him at home or, or anything like that. Right. Yeah, and then another uh, interesting part is this started off, started off with like a 10, 15 minute clip of like uh, his uh, his cinnamon bun manager persona, which is is a Gil mm-hmm. something. I don't remember what it is. Gene, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember. I think it's Gene something. Yeah. Yeah, but there's like an ominous like exchange between him and like his cab driver from the other night who recognizes him as Saul, which mm-hmm. no one should know. And then, so much to my surprise, uh, we get a he makes a call to uh, you know Ed, the uh, the vacuum store mm-hmm. owner guy. You know, so we get another another nice little clip of uh, Robert uh, Forster. Geez. Yeah, Forster. I, I was going to say Wagner or Vaughn, but yeah, Forster. Um, Max Cherry himself, and I guess they filmed this while they did uh, while they did the uh, El Camino movie. Like they just shot it for Better, Better Call Saul at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. I, I was surprised too, but it was good to see him. Yeah, but so he calls him up and he's he's going through the details. He remembers how much it was. He's going to pay double, but then at the last minute, he kind of like you know he stops. He goes, you know, what? I'm going to take care of this myself, and he just hangs the phone up. And so there's this cab driver guy who seems to know him, and he says something about encountering him again. So he's this weird kind of ominous guy. So mm-hmm. that you know, obviously, will be slowly teased out. I'm sure. I wonder if we'll ever get like a full Gene episode. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's it's definitely interesting what's going on uh, in that, and that's this is the f- like. I mean, we've seen little glimpses, but this is definitely the longest uh, kind of thing. And it was it was weird and ominous when you know he's like, "Come on, you know, say it," uh, you know, and he says, "Better call Saul," you know, and everything. And uh, he's like, "Oh, do the point," you know, and everything. And then he goes, "Well, you'll do better next time." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Right, right. <laughs> So, yeah, it's definitely, and he, you know, Saul says he decides not to disappear and he says he'll take care of it himself. My wife at that point said, has Saul killed anybody? And I said, not that we've seen. So Not directly. Yeah. So we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what happens as far as, uh, as far as that goes. But that's. I mean, he certainly facilitated it through, uh, you know, Gus, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or, you know, known or covered up. I mean, he's certainly not innocent. But, yeah, it is a weird designation because I think technically, as far as I know, Hitler never killed anybody personally. That's true. Although some people argue he did do it. He did kill his niece when he was younger because they were, like, having a relationship. But, oh, interesting. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't be a terrible person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Charles Manson never killed anyone directly either. 
Well, he actually did uh, in Helter Skelter. At least they they claim that he he killed a ranch hand at the is it the Spawn Ranch. Yeah, that's right. Like he's suspected in doing that, but yeah, he was ever you know convicted for sure. No, just under the joint conspiracy uh, law in California. Um, and I mean, Bush did nine eleven, and I mean, it's not like he's like fucking in jail anywhere, you know? Right. Yeah. Yep. You can certainly be a bad person and not have killed and be and and still be pretty morally responsible for it right but yeah so the other the, yeah go ahead other th- see the, again the problem with this show is there's too many good characters there's mm-hmm. too many good storylines you could easily break this into two or three or even four different shows that were equally good i mean a show yep. just about mike i would love to see that a show just too. about nacho a show about gus i mean yep. honest a show just about kim i mean you could do so many different shows from this show because it's just so perfectly written and everything is intertwined and just such a nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Nacho is dealing with this uh, Lalo guy who, uh, as uh, we remember from last season, uh, he was basically sent up by the Salamancas to look mm-hmm. after their interests. Yep. Uh, the Salamancas basically seem to be thugs. I mean, they're like the. Th- I don't know if they directly have like some kind of holdings in the criminal enterprise, or if they just get a share because they're thugs. Because they don't seem to make any drugs or grow them, or you know, like literally make them. Because in Breaking Bad, at least you know it's methamphetamine, which is just made up whole cloth. Mm-hmm. They just seem to like kind of like be there to to enforce for the rest of the cartel. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure of the relationship either. I know, you know, Donnie Lado is basically the the head. And my my understanding is as far as it goes, is that um uh Tio uh what's his Hector? Um oh. no, yeah, Hector uh was basically like a, an enforcer, a lieutenant or something like that yeah, for that's what he seems like, yeah. Elado and and I guess he just kind of brought his whole family into to, you know, facilitate that that role, the enforcer. Yeah, role. yeah but but Tuco wasn't really an enforcer. That's he was true. he was a drug dealer. I mean he was buying yeah. it from Walt. So yeah, I don't I don't really understand, but it does seem like Hector was like a thug kind of Yeah. And Lalo is he is, he is like the quirky thing where he likes to cook for some reason. Like he's really into cooking for people. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, he's paired with Nacho, and Nacho, you know, he, they're not friends. Nacho doesn't like him. He felt that he came in and, like, you know, it was unnecessary. He's trying to push him out. You know, he mm-hmm. thinks of him as a lesser person. All this stuff is true. Yep. Because yeah. the Salamancas don't trust Gus and his organization for many reasons. Yeah, pretty justified, too, <laughs> as, it, as it turns out, because Gus has some pretty nefarious plans, as we know, for uh, – uh, the Salamancas and the cartel and Don Elado and, and all them. Uh, yeah, so a lot of that's intertwined because Gus and the the Lalo Nacho storyline are basically the same thing. Yeah, well, it's it's funny we have another reference of Breaking Bad because Lalo refers to uh to Gus as a general at one point, mm-hmm. and he and he says something about um Santiago, which is in Chile, which is where Gus is from, not you know Mexico like the rest of the players in the drug cartel. Right. So there's like some, and I I assume they're gonna you know go explore this a little bit more because it like you know Gus didn't just like you know show up to like you know and make meth or sell it one day. He he was involved in some crazy stuff in the Chilean army as well. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah that that was one of the things that really piqued my interest was when. Yeah, he said to I can't remember the guy, but it's uh the um he's not a lawyer, but it's the when when shit starts to go down in Breaking Bad, uh Gus has that phone conversation with him when the the uh 
you know, Mexican uh, police come in and basically just like fucking kill him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that guy, he's you know, he's talking to Lalo and and Lalo says to him, uh, "Yeah, that stuff that happened in Santiago, you know, that he did was that uh, you know like an accident or whatever." And you know, I was thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to like. I hope we we flash back to that and see some of that because that would be super interesting." Yeah, and even uh, when his, his uh, lover is killed at the pool, you know, early, mm-hmm. you know, in Breaking Bad, um, they they mentioned that they can't kill him because of people he knows. So yeah, they they had checked him out because he has some connection that he's like, you know, is at least to some degree untouchable. I mean, yeah, they do the Salamanca's especially kind of plot against him mm-hmm. because they just don't like him for a lot of reasons. I don't know if it's because he's a homosexual or because he's not from Mexico or just mm-hmm. they just you know some people you just don't like, but he's definitely one of them. Yeah, well, like they say, you know, he'll never be one of us. But yeah, he, yeah, that's true. But he earns money, so that's yeah, yeah, and that's obviously the, they're all about the money he makes because mm-hmm. he's just a big time. Yeah. So so Nacho, uh, you know, is like Gus uh, kind of t- takes Nacho, you know, and he's like, uh, he he uh, he wakes him up out of bed and uh, he grabs um he grabs him and he like they put him in a car and like they drive up to Nacho's dad's uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys goes in, and like they're kind of holding Nacho this whole time, and like they, you know, obviously he's going to go in there and just shoot everybody because he does show them a gun as he goes in. Yeah. But then uh, Gus is basically, well, I need you to get closer to these people. You know, do whatever it takes. You know, I'm not, I'm not killing your father this time, but that doesn't mean I don't know where he lives and I can't do it anytime I want. Yep, exactly. And and then the fun part was uh, the guy who went in is the guy who uh, tried to make meth in the one episode of Breaking Bad, and uh, Gus uh, just cuts his throat right there. Right. Yep. Yeah, which is crazy because that's that's how bad Gus is. I mean, look how fucking long these people have been with him and how loyal they are. I mean, he just like cuts his throat right there. It's not like some random guy, you know. Yeah, exactly. It is it is fun to see, you know, the the kind of I don't know if I'd call them exactly bit players, but the the sm- the smaller side characters uh Yeah, yeah, ancillary characters. Yeah, that get a little bit more play uh in this. But um but yeah, uh Gus is definitely taken his time to assemble a, a crew that will be loyal to him. Yeah, for sure. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So then Nacho, uh, he decides, you know, he's like, I, I, I need to get close to this guy because, you know, I don't want my family killed. Mm-hmm. And then, so this is actually, this is ties to the, uh, the, the two kind of jackasses running around committing crimes. Yeah. Um, they, they get like some, they get some money. I don't know if they got like from a lottery ticket or what, but they made like a decent amount of money somehow. So they mm-hmm. went and they wanted 10, not 10 hits instead of the normal two. Yeah. And the system they used was, uh, it was actually one of Nacho's, uh, one of Nacho's like, I think it's one of his lieutenants. It's just another dealer. I don't know if they're directly, you know, there's, I don't think there's like a supervisor type relationship because it would have fallen on him. I'm sure. Mm. But like, so they use a system where like he pays them and then he holds up two fingers and this woman drops like down a drain pipe, you know, the amount of packets that. Yep. Since they got so many packets, it clogs up the drain pipe. And so, uh, you know, Nacho is a lieutenant guy. They kind of pull him out or whoever the guy is. And, um, you know, him and everybody's trying to get these 10 things out because he's like, uh, these crazy guys, like these meth heads or whatever they are, they're trying to tear off uh, the pipe and everything. They just don't care. They just want their shit. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know this is it's classic uh, Vince Gilligan kind of humor, um, and, and you can see it coming too, uh, where they're you know uh, crazy eights up on the uh, the ladder, trying to uh, you know he's got a screwdriver and he's trying to you know unclog the strain and everything. Uh, cops roll up because these uh, 
you know, these fools have parked illegally, uh, you know, as they're trying to, to get this thing fixed. And the cops, you know, they've, they've got their, their flashlights out and they're like, hey, you know, what's going on? This is, your, this is your car. And he goes, no, it's not. And uh, they're like, what are you doing up there? And he's like, I was just trying to fix this uh, this drain pipe. Something seems to be clogged in it. And he just taps it. <laughs> All the packets come out. Right. Yeah, you know what I, I noticed from this? is You never see the police as being stupid in Breaking Bad or like Better Call Saul, which I think yeah. is, you know, I think it's important because it shows that the characters are especially clever. It's not mm-hmm. like they're, you know, running around with like the bumbling, like, you know, well, I guess I have to let you go again, kind of, you know, like yep. boss hog, uh, you know, Dukes of Hazard type thing. It's like, it's like they are, they are competent and it's like, it's kind of interesting just to see that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so uh, he gets called away and they, th- and by the time they get there, because the woman who's drops the drugs and the guy who like holds up his fingers to see how many packets you get, they show up and they take Nacho away from this poker game he's, he's at. And he, they even call, uh, a, they call Lalo as well because, you know, it, it turns out that uh, when they get to the car, they're kind of watching the police. They're like, how much was it? Like, well, it was basically almost an entire package of, you know, heroin or what. I, I think it's heroin they're selling here. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, because I think the guys sniff it. But um, yeah, so they uh, they get the, so uh, Nacho realizes this is a good opportunity. So he basically like a Shinobi slash Ninja American Ninja Warrior jumps into the building, secures a package, the packets, and then comes back and then you know presents them to Lalo. So you know Lalo is very impressed. He calls him like a badass and all this stuff. So you know Nacho did his part to trying to warm his way into his heart. Right, and it, it works because like you said, he he you know he ends up. Uh cooking for him and uh you know he talks to him about uh crazy eight who got you know who got uh pinched because of this and yeah nacho assures him he's like yeah he's not the kind of guy who talks you know mm-hmm. i'll take he goes you want me to take care of it like you know say hey do you want me to go kill this guy but he's like no no i'll, I'll trust you if you say you can't if you, won't, you say you won't talk right yeah so he's uh he's definitely starting to trust him more and, and you know like you said something's gonna happen to Lalo, we're not sure what, but you know, he's, uh, he's obviously not around as part of the organization in breaking bad. So we'll see what, uh, or, what happens to him. Or you could just be in prison with Tuco. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. In our, our last thread, uh, that was woven together so elegantly, uh, is, uh, what's happening with Mike this season. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Mike, uh, he's kind of like, you know, his, his normal self, they pay the rest of the Germans off, you know, the the one of them like goes because oh don't worry I'll never say what happened you know and it, this guy deserved it anyways and then Mike just like fucking clocks him right in the face mm-hmm. yeah because oh. he it, it's very clear like I, I I like this scene because um you know the guy says hey you know I understand you did what you had to do you know uh, Werner was a good uh, a good guy or whatever but uh, you know he was weak and 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 Mike just slams him in the face. And then the other guy, the guy that uh, had been causing problems, uh, you know, or like in the earlier season, he comes up to him and he's like, uh, yeah, he was worth 10 of you. And uh, yeah. and Mike doesn't do anything to him because you can tell Mike Mike believes that. Mike believes that, uh, that you know, he hates himself over what he did. And he, he believes that, you know, Werner was, uh, was worth 10 of Mike. Yeah, yeah. So we see uh, Mike talking to Gus. Uh, Gus is basically saying, "Well, the whole lab thing is in a free fall. I'll continue to pay you as I had before, you know, from the uh, Los Pollos Hermanos." But Mike is kind of insulting me. He goes, "Fuck your retainer. I don't. Want to, I don't want anything to do with you." you know, right. So he leaves, and uh, 
he gets a call from his uh, daughter-in-law, and she says, "You know, can you watch Kaylee because you know, you know, I have to, I have a sudden. Sh- I think she's a nurse. She has like yeah. a sudden chance to do like a, a quick shift to make some extra money." So he goes, "Yeah, sure." He comes on over, and he's saying, "You know, everyone knows how, like how beloved uh, his his uh, granddaughter is to him. I mean, he don't." dotes on her you know mm-hmm. he's he's just like you know he's like the greatest grandfather ever yep yeah so they're like they're fixing a step on the treehouse while he's uh teaching her time tables at the same time you know, he's making learning fun that's how good of a grandfather he is right when she asked about like his, her dad um mike's son i can't remember exactly what she asks mm-hmm. um yeah she basically goes is my dad a good person and, and then and he goes yeah and then she says something that really just pisses him like off then he just like he just like abruptly like you know explode. yeah she keeps like she's you can see he's getting more and more angry because uh you know she's like hey was my dad good at math uh you know uh he you know did he always want to be a cop then he became a cop like you but he's a good cop right but then the bad guys got him and like he's he's getting more and more pissed as she's talking about her dad because he's, you know, he that's another thing he feels guilty about. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, so he uh, he just, like, you know, screams at her. And she goes running off to her room. Yeah, or she stays until her mother comes home. And Mike is, like, as soon as she pulls up, he's out of the house with his toolbox. And he goes, yeah, she didn't eat. She's in her room. I got to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, it's. He's really, and then they show in the previews for the next one, he's really distraught over this whole uh, killing thing. And he's like, you know, he's really reacting emotionally, which is not, you know, something we're used to Mike doing at all. Yeah, exactly. Imagine these figures are like, if this is a good Jonathan Basin, I mean, nothing will. Right. Because he's, he's, he's excellent on the show. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting to see what he's going to be doing next week and the upcoming weeks. Yeah. I mean, the, the show is very good. It's probably the best show on TV right now, at least that I'm watching. Although Narcos Mexico is very good as well. I have, to, I have subtitles because a lot of it's in Spanish, which I, it's 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 a really good show. You should check that out if you get a chance. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna uh, that that's been showing up on my recommendations on Netflix. I'm definitely gonna gonna check that out. That looks really interesting. But yeah, I, yeah, I, think- I, I spoiled it really bad for myself because I was wondering if like uh, the regular Narcos it was based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So I looked up one of the characters' names, and uh, that character was killed by the other character. It told me on Wikipedia, just in the preview of it alone, I had to click on it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, it wasn't very fun. But, it, I mean, I still watched it, and it, it's it, it's very good. Yeah. But, yeah, Mike is probably my favorite character on a show filled with incredibly great characters. Um, But, yeah, I I, uh, I can always use more Mike. Uh. When it yeah, Saul was probably my favorite character on Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, he's obviously you know a different focus because he was always just fun on Breaking Bad, yeah. well, except for at the end there, right? But I mean, like, you know, it's obviously not; it's a more dramatic show. It's not as humorous as there were parts of Breaking. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely comic relief for the most part on Breaking Bad, but um, you know, this is a, a more serious turn for Bob Odenkirk. Yes. But yeah, that is uh, that is our episode for the week. Uh, again, it's good to be back. Uh, I got all your letters. Uh, I'm not going to mixer gate. Right. I'm not going to read them out right now. But uh, I I got all your letters that basically just said, uh, "What the fuck? Where are you?" Is that all the letters are? Yeah, basically. Um, well, I think we explained it, then didn't we? Uh, yeah. Yep. 
we uh, we uh, explained everything, and we are back now. So we will uh, we will see you next week. We won't will not have um, house or uh, or dumpster diving this this week, but <laughs> but we will we will have those back. Those will be back in full force next week. But we wanted to come back and uh, and talk to you guys for a little bit. So uh, we will see. We wanted to wrap at you. Yeah, exactly. We turned our we turned our chairs around. We turned our hat around. We got real earnest, and uh, we said, "Hey, you know uh, what's what's going on, Slugger?" Um, I still can't believe that there's no entries on IMDb for Brain Candy. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. If you're one of those IMDb losers out there <laughs> that listens to our show for some reason, while sharpening a knife, probably yeah, go uh, go to uh, IMDb and write some entries in for for Brain Candy. But uh, we will uh, see you next week. Uh, Bye. See you next time.